Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Okay, I, I like to think of myself as a fiscal conservative. I, I don't like spending money. I don't like you spending my money. But if I see a ginormous pile of cash, I want to spend that money. The temptation is too great. And guess what? Utah is staring at a ginormous pile of cash. And I want to talk about how we're going to spend it. If we're going to spend it, and if we are going to spend it, where? Where are we going to spend it? So uh, this is a conversation perfect for my co-host today, Amy Winder-Newton, who deals with budgets all the time, and she hears me say, let's spend it. And she cringes. Like, I saw it in her face. You cringed. I totally did. Yeah, I'm a fiscal conservative and and known as a budget hawk. And so for me, when we're talking about budgets, I'm taking my time. I'm going through. I'm using the data. I'm looking at everything. And Dave, here's the thing you have to recognize. You have to look at, is it ongoing or is it one-time funds? Because that's a very different way to spend money, right? Okay, dive into that a little bit. And, okay. and you're right. You you are, I mean, when you ran for governor, you ran, your your running mate was John Frugal Dougal, the state <laughs> auditor. That's so, right. I mean, you, you put your money where your mouth is. And the money is like right back in your pocket. We're not spending a thing. But uh, I will tell you, I tried to, one of the proposals I had when I ran for governor was spending a lot more on education. So I just believe we have to spend it in the right places that are going to yield long-term results and save us tax dollars down the road. So some of this money, um, a big chunk of this money, it looks, comes from the, the federal surplus. You know, a lot of right. uh, money that kind of came in that, that COVID the, those COVID dollars. Uh, so what do we do with that state surplus? Um, Utah State Senator Dan McKay on Twitter um, had, had this to say, and then there was there were several replies that we're going to dive into, but this is what Senator Dan McKay said. The additional $614 million are likely due to federal stimulus money and economic volatility. As we look at our budget during the general session, we will consider how to use these funds for a possible tax cut and ways to generate generational prosperity. Uh, so, Amy, when you hear that from the, the senator, where does your mind go? Well, we're dealing with the same thing on the county level. We have a bunch of ARPA funds, which is um, you know the money from the federal government for COVID, and we're looking at how do we spend that. And when you, when you think about it, it goes back to that ongoing versus one-time funds. These are one-time funds. 
So, you know, we had some colleagues at one point who said, well, we want to give everybody a tax decrease on their property taxes, which would equal $10 per year for the average home. And my thinking is, yeah, but then when you have to turn around and raise taxes in three years, because that was just one-time money that now you're depleting from an ongoing fund, like that's not, that's not a good, that's not good fiscal policy. So what are some of the good ways to spend one-time money? I think deferred maintenance is a good way to do it. Um, paying off, maybe you've got debt that you want to pay off. I don't think it hurts to have, I mean, I'm kind of a save it for a rainy day kind of gal. So when we have uncertainty, like we have um, economically and with the pandemic, I don't think it hurts to have some extra funds in your fund balance to just make sure that you are ready for whatever comes next. Um, I do prioritize education when it comes to the state budget. I think that that's something that we we need to look at, but I think there needs to be more than just, uh, there needs to be overall reform there. Um, but I, I'd love to hear your ideas, Dave. You said you have a big, huge, long list. I want to hear it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Before I jump into my list, let me let me uh, use some of your, not you, I mean, you people, you people on Twitter. Uh, Michael Sobieski had this to say. He was replying to uh, Senator McKay. He said, here are my, my ideas. Don't cut income taxes. Eliminate tax on food. And I, I look at that and I think, okay, I, I've heard that. You know, eliminate the tax on foods. I've heard that. I've actually had several segments on my show about that and why that's a crazy idea. Uh, pay for equipment to, to meter agricultural water use uh, during the drought. Obviously, that, that could make a lot of sense. Uh, line all large water canals. Impose urban, suburban water use restrictions. So it looks like uh, Michael Sobieski's idea has a lot to do with the environment and and possibly the drought. Would that be a good use of money? You know, it depends on the fund it's coming from as well, because on the, in the state budget, you've got these different funds. So for instance, income tax, um, that's, that's what's funding education. Uh, you've got sales tax that's funding some of these other things. I mean, it's just it's complicated. I for you to for you to ask me, you know, just off the cuff, hey, how do we spend this? I can't give you a good answer because I just am far too. I, my budget principle brain is blowing up with just a, a question that seems that simple because it's not that simple. Okay, well, how about something that does affect every single Utah, which is that Utah grocery tax? Uh, we know that that tax is is regressive in the sense that it it hurts those low income families more than you know people that are that are doing better. Um, would taking that money and, and getting rid of the grocery tax would that be a good idea? Well, I'm a big proponent of getting rid of the sales tax, the state portion of sales tax on unprepared food. I've been very vocal about that. That I think that's a a good move. It, it helps our most vulnerable populations. Um, However, if we're talking one-time funds, that doesn't fix the problem. What Balance happens next budget year? Budget then yeah. isn't balanced because, you know, this is a, a short-term fix, but then there's ongoing revenue that you're depleting and you don't have ongoing funds available. All right. Here's a tweet from uh, Salt Lake City Progressive. How about an Alaska model permanent fund or use the money to deal with severe impending water shortage? But... Uh, <laughs> Do you know much about the Alaska Permanent Fund? Like a couple thousand dollars every year they just give to every resident there. I think it's oil money. So the Are oil companies, yeah. And, and I think every Alaskan 
gets, you know, a couple thousand dollars, man, woman, and child. So it's just like, here you go. Wow. Here's your money. And also, I'm going to need $5 for a gallon of milk as well. My yeah. son lives in Alaska right now, so I, <laughs> I, I've seen a little bit of that. But um, what about uh, preparing with, you know, something to do with, with water shortage? Uh, because, again, <laughs> you look outside, we're in December, and even though it's kind of cloudy now, I've been playing pickleball in shorts because the weather's been so nice. I haven't seen a cloud in the sky for weeks. <laughs> I know, and it's starting to get cold again this week, and I'm kind of sad about it. But, um, you know, I think it goes to that deferred maintenance thing that I mentioned. If you've got deferred maintenance on water projects, I think that is that would make sense for one-time funds, right? I mean, there's there's something there. It, it's all about how do you – or do you pay off debt, which then is an ongoing source of um, – you know, budgetary strain to then loosen up the budget for future years for other priorities that are ongoing. I mean, there's that strategy as well. Okay. Here's, here's a crazy idea. I'm not very fun with this because I don't have like these fun. I'm trying to play a little game of what if. Destroying every one of your ideas. You're like, hate it all. Okay. Okay. Then here's, here's something that you'll probably love. How about I take that $614 million and we just give it back to DC and say, we don't need it. No, no. I don't like that idea. Oh, now I, now you're on board is, with spending it. Well, no, because this is the, these funds came from the taxpayers, which include Utah taxpayers. So I know people. We do want to decrease reliance on the feds. I totally agree. But if everybody else is getting it, no, I you we figure out what we're going to do with it here in Utah to make sure that it's spent wisely. Do you like it's the just, idea of tax cuts? But no, because it, again, of one-time, one-time money. Yeah. So no tax I, I cuts. Think, no, I'm 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 saying you look at deferred maintenance. You could look at uh, you know infrastructure investment. That's a one time. A lot of that's one time. Uh, paying down debt. Um, I I think that there's a few options there. But you're right. That's not as fun and sexy as some of the other ideas that you had for sure. Boy. I was excited. I thought there was going to be like this spending spree. It's the holiday season, like gifts for all the children. How about that? $614 million of gifts for the children. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Deferred maintenance. That's what we want. <laughs> Amy. Amy, thank you so much. Thanks for joining me and thanks for uh, uh, letting me fill in. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.